Hi guys, I'm Brad Montgomery, and this is The Breakdown, where we talk about science, psychology, and investing. Today we're talking about the El Paso Municipal Rose Garden, what kind of roses they have, the best care for roses, and the best time to go see them. Before we get started, if you missed us, you can always catch any of our episodes by going to kfoxtv.com. Now let's break it down. And I'm here with Eddie Rascone, horticulture agent for El Paso, and we're talking about the El Paso Municipal Rose Garden. There's a lot to talk about from its history to the plants themselves, the best time to go see it, and we're gonna dive into all that. We're gonna learn a lot today. I wanna to start off though, what is the El Paso Municipal Rose Garden for those that don't know? Well, the rose community, the Rose Garden, it's an area that the city and the Rose Society have come up with and the Master Gardeners. So it's a beautiful place that you can go and experience the beauty of roses. It's dedicated all to roses. And exactly where is it located? We're at 30, uh, 3418 Aurora Avenue, uh, but you can also see it if you go down on Copia. Yeah. You know. And how long has it been around? Because you said people came, you know, kind of came together with the idea. How long, how long ago did that happen? So the idea came up with the Rose Society working with the city, I believe in 1956. Okay, wow. And by the time that everything started into construction, I think, I believe the garden opened in 1959. Okay. Uh, and that was just the initial one and a half acre. Uh, we're looking at about almost four acres now oh, wow. uh, of just dedicated to roses and other other ornamentals. Okay. Do they have any plans on further expansion, or are they kind of are they kind of locked in as far as they've gone? Or do you know? Uh, I I have not heard any of okay, that, but um, we have really um, taken care of all the space that we that okay. is there, so it's been dedicated. We have a lot of things to see in those four years. Nice. Um, and we're gonna get into some of that as well. So so what what and so what are some of the like the history through the years? How has it come? How how's it come along? What's been added? You said it's grown all the way up to four acres now. What were some of the additions along the way? So um, one of the additions was a waterfall that you get as soon as you go in. That's usually kind of like one of the focus points. They added the waterfall. Um, there's kind of like a terrace garden as well. So for the extension of it. Okay. And then there they also dedicated a space for earth kind practices or earth kind roses, which are uh, a little bit more heat and like tolerant for for this area of the desert as well as some native native plants and ornamentals that are in the very back and so and, and the native plants and ornamentals how big is that area that that people can go see uh they're more interested in some of the stuff that not just kind of rose hardy like you said the, the ones yeah. that do better the rose wise but the other plants as well they've kind of added how big is that you know what the natives are kind of spread around spread in like through. the corners so like as soon as you're doing the walk through through the garden like you'll see some red yuccas you'll see some other other really interesting uh, plants and and so what what is the the care that the we're going to start to dive into a lot of different kinds of roses but you talked about one that that is kind of better suited for our area this mm -hmm. one particular rose what what is it called what colors does it have and, and what are some of the reasons it's better suited? So you're going to have uh, a couple of things. So earth kind roses are not uh, readily available all the time, okay. but I would like to talk a little bit about more of like knockout roses okay. because those are also very good at resisting disease as well as tolerating a little bit of our heat. And there's, there's, and, and so for the knockouts, I don't want to get this out there. This is kind of interesting. And I've always heard this. 
especially when they first came out. It was really controversial among the rose community, if you will. You know, <laughs> rose gardeners, those aren't real roses. You know, I mean, some people are really adamant. In fact, my mom was actually a little bit against them. She had just okay. a handful of roses that she would take care of, and they didn't make it after several years. And my dad had said, you know, let's get some knockout roses. My mom was against it, but now I think a lot. She finally turned around, came around. I think a lot of people have come around. You see them in a lot of landscaping, especially east of here. They're very hands-free, mm -hmm. and they 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 produce a lot in the way of flower. Mm -hmm. Not the same kind of flower, not the depth, and not the the petal amount that you get on a traditional rose. And I think exactly. You know, they, so, but but they do look like a rose, and and for the hands freeness if you will yes i mean so so what is that, i guess that's their biggest benefit um yes we are talking about deadheading your roses mm -hmm. knockout roses usually have that self of deadheading where you don't have to go and and Cut dedicate that time flower uh yeah usually it drops by itself so that's pretty unique and and nice. it helps a lot with time saving when you're in the garden um as you said they don't have the big bloom that we're looking for in a right. traditional hybrid tea rose but other than that it's is a it is part of the rose family family and, and maybe you're looking at a little bit of a shorter bloom right. a smaller bloom and and so and the earth friendly roses mm -hmm. When when did this strain kind of come out? I've never I've not heard of Earth Friendly and, and and how long have you guys had it? So it's a trial that came up in Texas A and M, checking the variety of roses okay. um, that are more susceptible to desert environments. That's a trial that has been going on since I believe mid eighties, uh, and and they are some rose varieties that you can find there commercially available. That's why I'm not so sure where you can get them. That's why that's it's so, something to look at, but. Right, kind of look for, but yeah, mm -hmm. I, I've never, I'm, I don't really, when I go to the nursery, I don't run to the rose section necessarily, mm -hmm. but I don't ever remember her hearing about Earth Friendly. Are they, are, do you know if they're kind of getting more into the trade? Because since they would be better? I do not know yeah. that okay. answer yet. Okay, that's be good if they would. So, mm -hmm. and what other kinds do you have? Because not, obviously not all roses are hands-free. In fact, mm -hmm. uh, roses tend to be a very, they can be a very hands-on type of plant, like you're saying, the deadheading. The removal of the spent flowers, etc. Exactly. So you've got a lot of species there. Let's get into some of the others that that may take a little more work, but they're very beautiful. Yeah, they're very beautiful. Um, right there at the rose garden, we're looking at about three hundred varieties. Um, we have miniature roses, we have climbing roses, and the majority of uh, some of the roses are going to be considered as hybrid teas. So if we have um, that what is time. A hybrid tea. Okay. So uh, for for the clients out there, for the consumers out there, I like for them to think about roses being hybrids. Okay. Uh, there's not really roses that have not been hybridized. Oh, all of the ones that we have are coming from two specimens and all of that hybridization has been going on for at least centuries. Mm -hmm. uh, so a hybrid tea is usually what you're going to find uh, as a cut flower. They usually spend uh, a lot of the energy. The plant spends it on just one stem and one uh, rosette okay. or like the big flower. And those come in a lot of varieties. So different colors, different sizes, as well as petal count. There's double petaled um, and they're also fragrant. Okay. Yeah. So what you what you find regularly at the store as cut flowers, usually I it's easier for the consumer to to see oh these are the hybrid teas and you've got some of those out there those are yes. really beautiful yes. those are yeah think about those in valentine's day and mother's day and all that exactly the climbing <laughs> roses it's kind of 
Interesting. I've seen some climbing roses. You know, you go to you know El Paso. The weather tends to be nice in the evenings. Mm -hmm. uh, once the sun goes down, you end up at people's houses, parties, and stuff. And every now and then, you'll see someone has a climbing rose that does really well. Mm -hmm. The climbing there's a couple of climbing roses that seem to do pretty good here in El Paso. Mm -hmm. At least a couple of different colors. What what do you say as far as like, you know, the the, the store bought trying to take care of those versus the climbers? Are the climbers a little easier? You know what, climbers, um, the, the only thing that you have to consider when you're buying something that's labeled as a climbing okay. rose is that you are going to have to provide support. So trellis or maybe like a little, uh, if you're going to put them right next to a fence, maybe there's a wiring situation where you have to train them into okay. into climbing okay. uh, just because they're, um, it's not that they're true climbers, right. but supported they can be actually stunning and beautiful. Yeah, so yeah. just be aware of that. Yeah. If you don't give them support, they tend to flop and they're heavy. So you have to give Got them it. some support. Just basically keep them up. They do they do they require as much pruning and, and deadheading and or not quite mm -hmm. as much. You know what? They are prolific growers. Okay. So if you are looking yeah, they, for uh, kind of like an organized uh, climbing rose okay. you do have to do some pruning but it's not as much as like the deadheading and okay. stuff like that they're really good as well they have smaller blooms as well usually depending on the variety but they also kind of tolerate a little bit of once established they don't require as much water i think i've seen one that was like a deep purple almost like a burgundy purple and one that was like a pink uh it just can be blooms all over i mean it's, it's just amazing it's beautiful like if you go into the rose garden in to like one of the first sections you're gonna have i believe it's mm, cherry frost and it's just red color beautiful small blooms and then at the very back you have a whole section a whole fence that's just white climbing roses and they're usually small blooms and it looks beautiful now there there's i want to talk about too some of the are, are any of them only root hardy here like as far as what can survive here because we've got we've got we're in, we're in Texas, which we're in Southwest, which is right next to Texas. And we're in far West Texas here. We got Southern New Mexico. So we get cold, we get heat, we get drought, we get floods, we get it all. So, so what, what do you guys, what do you guys deal with as far as extreme weather and, and how do you better protect your roses? Let's start with extreme cold, for example, what can you do or and how do they handle that? So for extreme cold, um, some rose varieties are more cold tolerant than others okay. but the majority of the time is just doing a good pre-winter and post-winter care which would be maybe mulching the bed uh allowing for the plant to go dormant sometimes in years here in el paso we don't go to full dormancy right, right. but then it's a, a matter of pruning once they are coming out of that dormancy and just removing the dead canes and stuff um so yeah they're usually at the label when you're buying your roses you're gonna find that specifics of like hardiness zones and we're right take. now yeah how much cool they can take for the consumers out there our zone our growing zone agriculture zone is 8b so the label that you're looking for um it, it'll usually usually give you an average an, a range between like zones 6 to 11 and that's a good rose to have but what i do in my own home is i usually do a mulch uh just so that the heat kind of stays in the soil oh, okay. uh, yeah. but other than that um they'll go into a dormant or semi-dormant state until kind of usually now that you mention it usually they start breaking dormancy by the time they were like in valentine's yeah here okay. in and i i had seen one one time you know you mentioned mm -hmm. if we stay warm enough they don't totally you know and i remember i saw one we, we had this really mild 
pretty mild December and a really mild January. Mm -hmm. And I saw one pop, one flower. Just, mm -hmm. It was a knockout. Just yeah. one little. And I was like, <laughs> but then I think later after that, we did have a bit of freeze in it, and it yeah. knocked it back. Um, summer heat protection, because obviously that's another big issue here. Um, yeah. We do have, it's not last couple of years, we've had quite a bit in the way of rainfall. Mm -hmm. However, prior to that, we did have a year where we had extreme summer heat. Mm -hmm. uh, around over 110. So how, how do you prepare for if you do see a real hot spell, whether it be hot as far as extreme temperatures or a duration of above average heat? How do you guys deal with that? And how do you, what are your suggestions for prepping? So there, there can be a lot of prep work. Again, uh, it just has to do with watering. Uh, rain, wa uh, rain here in El Paso is different depending on every year yeah. so you just have to be very careful on your water schedule just in the sense that you want to supplement that water um, because we do deal with a lot of scorching and we do yeah. deal with a lot of stress from heat especially in the hottest months which would be june july and august that's when roses tend to struggle a little bit and usually for the homeowner we tend to to choose places where there's a lot of sun okay. to plant roses and the unfortunate part is that we're not able to dig them up and kind of take them to the shade you right know? true so placement well, planning on where you're going to plant your roses it would be great maybe they do require the minimum of six hours of direct sunlight okay, but time. if you can find like a key component in your house where it's like morning to mid-afternoon like mm. sun and then get them a little bit of afternoon shade that would be ideal Again, that's not necessarily the case for every garden, um, but just the supplemental watering could be like a second thing to consider. So supplemental watering placement, basically, if you can't avoid the west facing yeah. wall, for so, example, that would really heat up in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So like my roses at my house are facing the south and mm. they get a lot of sun. So what I tend to do is uh, kind of supplement the water. Usually if it's like, super hot then you have to kind of come in and again don't be discouraged uh a lot of homeowners are going to deal with that scorching um that happens all around so it's just a matter of waiting for the temperatures to drop you usually can do a very light pruning of like the leaves that are scorched and then they'll come back yeah and the sun scorching we talk about that that's basically almost like a sunburn on leaves yeah and they kind of brown out and you can kind of tell and, and yeah it's a good way to to kind of subvert that is to kick up the watering just a little bit if you can and yeah. like I said just remove that that's not bad at all as far as like planting mm -hmm. when is the best time to kind of get one to get it established to, to put it in the ground and, and how how do you go about getting it established once you do put it in the ground so what are some best tips for that so there's going to be two things to consider one of them is going to be if you're buying your roses in containers from the local retailers um, those ones are going to be you're going to be able to kind of plant them um, you need to give them enough time to establish before the freezes so probably mid-september to initial of october if you're buying roses that are in containers um, the best thing uh, I would say is if you're buying um, rootstock roses, the ones that you find kind of like in, in January, bag. yeah, the little plastic bag, those ones are planted during that time so that it gives them a little bit more time to establish because you're planting the, uh, the little bag, uh, but it gives them, they're usually going to come out of dormancy right away and then they can establish before summer. They have that summer kind of 
period of growth mm -hmm. and then they go into dormancy right in the winter so. as an established plant. yeah so it just depends on what you're gonna find at the retailers because usually you're gonna find those like in mid-january as opposed to container roses i sometimes i've seen retailers carry them throughout the year and and that's important too because and, and i say as an established plant but once you start in january you'll you'll end up, end up with a more established plant because in the plant community mm -hmm. the saying is first year creep second year leap so they, they kind of really do it's probably them getting the roots yeah really going and then the plant as a whole get going the second year out but but i want, I want to talk about that too because i've seen those in bags and one of my questions I've, I've kind of wondered and i've seen some things online i just want to make sure are these propagated by cuttings is that how most of these species are propagated so you, you essentially get a clone of the, the parent plant? It all depends. Uh, there's usually grafting, oh, grafting done. Okay. So like the rootstock can be a hardy rootstock and then they graft them so that the, they're more resistant to diseases. But yeah, they're usually uh, grafted. And then I want to explain majority grafting. majority of the time. It's, it's a type of cloning as well, but grafting they do a lot in the citrus industry too. Yes. So you've got a, a citrus tree, you've got a very nice rose that you that you like and you can start a regular rose plant from seed and then they'll cut that stem off and then they'll splice a stem from the plant that you want with the good genes, the nice flowers, or the yeah. good fruit onto that. And then from that point up, it will grow mm -hmm. that gene stock. And unfortunately, sometimes if you have a hard freeze, like we've seen with the citrus, it can kill it. If it kills it below the graft, then you end up with maybe not as productive of a tree citrus wise or fruit wise, or in this case, maybe rose. not as colorful as a rose yeah. uh, as you like. But grafting is what is generally what's done. Yes. Yeah, so you bring up a very good point in the sense that some of the things that we may deal here in the El Paso area is we'll buy some of the roses that have been grafted. And then I don't know if the consumer has ever seen in that garden where if it's coming below that grafting zone, that's the true rootstock rose. So it'll vary in color that's not the necessarily the color that was advertised when you bought it right. so just be aware that we want to protect the top portion of it and whatever's growing below that graft union um so when you mulch do you mulch up to the graft point no or do you, you, okay no uh very good point as well so we didn't we never want to mulch up to the point of grafting okay because that little stem um can be susceptible to root rot. Uh, okay. So you always want to cover the top portion of the root, but never the full root stuff. So, so you'll have you'll have roots, and then you have kind of like the crown of the plant, mm -hmm. and then a little bit of growth, and then the graft union. You never want to cover above that root crown. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So and and are they this is this is one thing I want to get to too, because we have different soil types here. You know, you got mm -hmm. the west side, which tends to be a lot rockier in a lot of areas. You got the valley, which is great soil. Mm -hmm. You got the east side, which is not terrible, but kind of sandy, and then the northeast side isn't too bad. Exactly. What what how do they what is their preference as far as like, you know, the valley, it, it tends to be kind of it holds water a lot longer. Mm -hmm. You know, do, do they do they like well draining soil? Do they not really care? Or, or if you're in an area where the soil doesn't drain too well, do you just kind of back off on the watering or, do, or are they not real picky? You know what? I, I believe that um, a good loamy soil okay. that doesn't, that has good drainage would be appropriate for roses. Um, 
they 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 can survive in different soil conditions. Okay, that's what I'm saying. They uh, I wouldn't consider them not to be picky, okay. but if there's like a lot of a lot of water retention from like a very clay soil, yeah, usually they'll kind of struggle. They'll have some issues as well as if you plant them in just a very sandy soil or a lot of um dry out rocky soil then mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of like it's a balance of both of both things but um they're they kind of like in the middle yeah like in the middle but they can survive a lot of soil conditions as well okay. and and what um i, I was going to ask you too uh, on on the subject of, of hardiness real quick mm-hmm. have you guys had we had the big freeze in 2011 mm-hmm. did you guys lose any plants or any plants that have to be replaced even a couple years ago, around Valentine's Day, we had that freeze as well, where we dipped into the teens. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty good hit. Yeah. I don't know, but how do the roses do? Or are they hardy enough maybe to like zone six to where they're really unaffected by that day? It all depends on the variety. Okay. I believe we did lose a couple of roses. Okay. The main thing that you're going to see is when they're reflushing back of growth, like coming out of that dormancy, you'll see some cane death or... Um, You'll see the kings that died, but that's something also not to get discouraged or or fearful about because it's a matter of like once the, you see the regrowth coming in, it's a matter of finding it where it is and just pruning where the new bud is going to grow up. So you'll you'll get those hard freezes here in El Paso. Just clip and the dead off. And- yeah, once they're coming back. Um, as well, some varieties are not as hardy as others. And so you may have to deal with maybe the plant did die all the way back. And it's just a matter of kind of planning again and being like, oh, this rose didn't work for me. Maybe I chose the wrong hardiness zones. And I have to look for that uh, range between like I'm at zone 8B. Okay, so what are we going to look for? Something that's between like four. Six. Um, Yeah. Uh, And let me jump on that real quick because, you know, so I remember when knockouts came out, they were they were branded across the country. And, mm-hmm. you know, and not only are they pest, kind of pest resistant, but they're also very, very cold. Yeah. yeah, cold resistant. So would you say, like, if you want something that's basically kind of bullet, not bulletproof per se, but as far as cold goes, at least, mm-hmm. maybe a little extra carrot in the summer heat as far as mm-hmm. water goes. But would you knock out is, is pretty yes. hands free as far as climate goes? even. Yes, you know what? It all depends on your garden. I like knockout roses. I have a couple of them. They tend to, I like the fact that they don't need a lot of deadheading. They are also very cold resistant. So they're very cold hardy and then disease resistant. So that's something that if you have like a piece of garden that you're, they're perfect for that. And you're looking for something ornamental in value. That's perfect. Now, if you're, if you're a consumer that wants to loves cut flower roses and you want a little bit more of a show a little bit of a bigger flower and then you have to consider the fact okay am i going to take a little bit of extra time extra and am i going to uh, go into the hybrid tea roses or even the uh, even climbing roses can be a perfect arrangement but i want to kind of guide into the consumer what are your needs what are your how much time are you going to yeah. devote to the care mm-hmm. exactly and and you know there's what there's been a lot of talk as well it's just in general when it comes to stuff that grows here mm. since we don't have the high humidity through much of the year we have some in august and july <laughs> with these surges of moisture but but you know you, you look at parts of the south and parts of mid-atlantic yeah. where the humidity starts in march and it lasts all the way you know so so we don't deal with quite the amount of disease and pests mm-hmm. so let's talk about that what what are some things that you may deal with 
and, and since we don't deal with a lot of it here in the borderland, but what are some things that you still may want to look out for? And how would you then, if you see it, how do you deal with it? Okay, so mm, that's perfect. Um, the weather here is great because it's not very conducive to a lot of diseases that we deal with high humidity. Um, insects also struggle a little bit, so we don't have that pest uh, pressure to roses. We do deal with pests even though we have low humidity. Right. So things that you need to watch out for is just usually when we're coming out of dormancy and it's still a little bit cold, we're going to deal with aphids. That's pretty mm -hmm. common here for El Paso. Um, usually you do want to deal with the aphids because um, they, they remove some of the sap from the flower and they usually don't uh, develop a very nice rosette or a nice flower. Okay. So that's something for you to consider. Uh, diseases that are very relevant for the state uh, or for here, the area of El Paso, we're looking at black spot, pottery mildew, and one of the big ones is rose rosette disease. So mildew and black spot, you're able to treat with fungicides that are readily available commercially. Neem oil? Or is that yeah, neem oil is perfect. So if you want to go kind of like a, the beneficials and, and a little bit of the preventative side, there's a lot of things that you can do with roses. One thing neem that, oil you can find like at Lowe's Home Depot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so usually if you if you have the time and you can do like a journal and you can usually kind of record uh, in your journal like, oh, you know what? I saw some aphids on the third week of March. Oh. And usually next year what you can plan on is just spraying neem oil as a preventative and you'll probably spray like in the second week of March or first week of March. Like um, so, yeah. And then some of the other ones you're talking about, powdery mildew, mm -hmm. I guess mildew work, uh, I need works for that. Mm -hmm. And there was another one that you were talking about, more rose specific. Yes, yeah, so it's uh, rose rosette disease. What is that? It's a virus and what's going on is it started in the Rocky Mountains and it has spread through all the East Coast, all the East parts of the United States. And unfortunately, there's no cure for that. Uh, you'll get some... Um, different grows of reddish color and there's a lot of deformities on the rose and usually that's um, you get that disease from mites microscopic mites that you're not able to see okay. you'll just see the symptoms in the rose and you're thinking hey my roses were doing really good and all of a sudden i'm getting a branch that has like extreme amount of thorns and like a rose that didn't develop and people will we're asking people to kind of help us identify if it's moving towards West Texas. Oh, so As of right now, yeah, so keep an eye on that. Um, we haven't had any cases, but we are watching for that because usually the way that you deal with it is as soon as you know that you have it, you have to pull out that rose and destroy it. Oh. So that's something that we don't want to get yes, here. For sure. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, remove the whole plant. Yeah. So where can people, first of all, find out more information about the El Paso Municipal Rose Garden. Okay, so one of the th great things is that through the El Paso Master Gardeners, we have a webpage where you're going to get all types of articles, and we do have through there. So the main resource is AgriLife Extension for the El Paso County. We have tons of articles that have been under research and that are provided as extension. Do you have a website for that? Yeah, so it would be... Uh, agrilifeextension.edu for the slash El Paso. Okay. Yes, and that's for the extension service. And does the Rose Garden have a website as well? Yes, I believe it's um, 
I'm not sure at the webpage, but if you want to Google El Paso. Stop. Google El Paso yeah, Municipal Rose Garden. Municipal Rose Garden. And let's get into do. that from, from us. I want to go from that into the hours that people can actually just go down there yeah. and see it. So I believe the Rose Garden is open um, Monday through Saturday, I believe. And they open at 9 and if the weather permits, they close it at six. If you wanna go and talk to people who are helping there, which is the master gardeners of the El Paso chapter. So they are there from Mon their Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And they usually get there around eight and they leave about 10.30 to 11. And those those are my volunteers that help me out with a lot of the, that are helping there to maintain the garden as well, as well as with the city and they kinda, the great part of it is that they're very social and then they're able to explain a little bit of what they're doing. We put out workshops kind of like in the end of January, beginnings of February to teach the community how to prune properly. Oh, nice. okay. um, and you're able to always to go. And if you see one of them, uh, if you Google El Paso Municipal Rose Garden on the website, will they have when those workshops are coming up so people can kind of see if they if it's something they can attend. That will be more on the extension the webpage extension or website. the El Paso, Texas Master Gardeners webpage. And that one is uh, txmastergardener.org. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Eddie Rascone, uh, yeah. horticultural agent for El Paso County, talking about the El Paso Municipal Rose Garden today. Learned a lot about roses, what kinds they have, how to take care of your roses, and some of the best times to go down there and see them. Thank you yes, again. Yes, thank you. <laughs>